Yes, thank you, Jesus. Yeah, welcome. Good to see you all. Great to be in God's house with you. Yeah. If you're part of the youth, you can step to the back. They're going to take you down for uh, your own service. And uh, so glad that you're here. I want to say Merry Christmas to you. It's already here, you know, two weeks from today is happening. So I hope you're ready. If not, you know, you got two weeks. But uh, today we do a cookie exchange here at the church. And if you don't know what that is, it's what it says. You come and exchange cookies. So come on out. Uh, It's going to be at 3 o'clock today. So at the end of the services, not this service, the next one. So don't pick up your chairs yet, but we will. Going to be a great week. We'll have some fun. A lot of things going on. We have a Reads Across America event next uh, Saturday morning. Different things happening there. Uh, Christmas Eve, we have a communion time from 6 to 7. It's not going to be a service, as we told you. The church will be open. I'll be here serving communion. You come in as you can through that hour, and we want to serve communion. Take that moment to just silence ourselves in the midst of all of the craziness of the season to remember the whole purpose of the season is that Jesus came to give his life for you and I. And we want to stop and just thank him for that. And then for Christmas Day and New Year's, so the the two Sundays of Christmas and New Year's, we will be having one service at 1030. You're welcome to come at your normal time. It's fine. But I just want you to know service will start at 1030. There'll be one for those two weeks only. Then we'll have at it and go back. We are planning to do a, a baptism on that first Sunday of the new year. So if you're prepared and ready and God's speaking to you about being baptized, you can go on the website, fill that out. We're going to do a baptism celebration on that first Sunday, January 1, 2023. So uh, also we have a toy run that we're doing on Christmas Eve day. That's why we have the fill the sleigh over here with the toys. Thank you for your donations. Everything is going on. We do have families we're already planned to visit and different things going on there. There's going to be more details about that. It's going to be different than any of them that we've done before. Uh, of a necessity because it is uh, Christmas Eve day. We have to make some changes to how we're going to make it happen. It's going to be sent out through the full throttle email and on the WhatsApp, just so you know. So we're leaving that alone and moving on. When we started the Advent season this year, uh, over the past, I think, two years, I have uh, preached the message on the actual Sunday of uh, the message content has been focused in that area as far as what the theme would be. So like peace, joy, hope, and love, and all that. So those are all involved, and throughout the year, Christmas and Easter are celebrated every Sunday that we get together. The whole purpose of why we come is because of the fact that he came for us, and that's why we do it. However, as we were coming into this Advent season, and I was praying about, you know, God, is this what you want? Uh, I always ask him, I never give my agenda or plans for the services, and uh, definitely felt like he was telling me, we're not doing that this year, and so I spoke with both Justin and Eric about the worship songs and stuff. We don't plan together how we do it. They pray, and they meet as a team and put the songs together, and uh, I just said, I'm not going to be doing that, but you guys can uh, celebrate that and, and focus on it. So while we were seeking God's direction on all this, I had... Um, Zero idea that we are going to spend three successive Sundays uh, of Advent time on the prophet Elijah. N- never planned that. Uh, don't, I, I mean, if you don't know me, I just want you to know I don't plan things a lot. Just kind of roll with everything because every time you try and plan stuff, it always changes anyway. So it's just easier to just roll with whatever's happening next. So I just let God do it and show me the way and we'll figure it out as we go, Okay. So as I didn't have that clarity on what, God's always faithful because he knows the what. 
So if you just wait on him, he'll provide the answer in the moment that he gives it. And so after the first Sunday, I never expected to be a second Sunday or a third Sunday, right? But on the second Sunday, I definitely felt God planting something in my heart. And so as we moved into that third Sunday, I was, of course, this week saying, Lord, is this going to be four weeks in a row? Are we doing something with Elijah? Uh, You know, what are we doing today? So we're going back to Elijah for a moment. I figured, probably figured that out. You know, it's not real hard to figure out where I'm talking to. But we're only going to be there for a moment because we're turning the page on something that God wants to give to us. What, last Sunday, I told you I felt in my heart very, and I don't do this. You know me. If you've been around here, you know I don't do this. I felt like there was a moment of opportunity for an incredible move of God for someone in their life. Now, I believe this is a follow-up to that. And I'm not... I'm not going to tell you this ain't going to happen next week because I don't know, but I'm telling you right now, there, this is a connection to what God's been doing. I know that. And church, I am a person that absolutely believes in the power of God today, that it is the same as it's always been. We sing the songs, he's the same God, he has the same power, he does the same stuff in a good way in our lives. I believe in complete breakthrough. I believe in complete deliverance. I believe in complete freedom. I believe in complete healing. I do. Now, I don't know how all that interprets by God's standards and how he works with us. I do know that God does things differently all the time. But he's the same God. And therefore, when I declare this message to you today, I want you to know that this isn't Dave's opinion or ideas. None of them have been. I believe this with all my heart, that this is God's word, God's message, and if we will accept it, God will do his part in it. But we have to accept it. We have to embrace it. Let go of things that you've owned. And let God do something different in your life today. I mean, God is ready to do this. We're looking in 1 Kings 19, of course. That's where we left off the last couple weeks. And we left off last Sunday with God giving Elijah a message, and a job to do. And he was told by God to get out of that cave where he had hidden himself and go and meet some people and do some stuff. And one of the things that he had told him is you're going to go to Elijah, is going to go to Elisha. Everybody always messes this up, and I just did it, right? Because their names are so close together. But here's the, I'm going to help you out. This is what's helped me through the years. A J comes before S in the alphabet. So Elijah comes before Elisha, okay? That really helps me a lot. So I have to stop and think, like, oh yeah, that's it. So I'm talking about Elijah and Elisha. And as we look at these prophets of God, men of God in the Old Testament, we know that God said to Elijah, go, and I am telling you that you are going to go call your replacement Elisha. All right, so check it out. Here we go. So as Elijah went... And he found Elisha, the son of Shaphat, plowing a field. There were 12 teams of oxen in the field, and Elisha was plowing with the 12th team. Elijah went over to him and threw his cloak across his shoulders and then walked away. Pretty cool, huh? (laughs) Like, get the visual. I want us to get a picture of this in our mind. You know, a little yoke of oxen, there's two oxen, they're pulling this plow And now there's 12 of these teams. 
in a row. So it's like if you've ever been in the Midwest or all those plains areas when they lined up the combines and everybody's doing it at once, that's what's happening here. There's 12 teams of oxen and he's one of them and they're driving and they're plowing this field and he's just going along on his way. And all of a sudden, as he's like working and sweating and watching the ground and watching the horizon where he's going, all of a sudden there's something thrown over his shoulders. Like in the middle of nothing, right? I'm saying like, just think about this. Listen to what it says here in the Word of God. Elisha left the oxen standing there and he ran after Elijah and he said to him, first let me go and kiss my father and mother goodbye and then I will go with you. Elijah replied, go on back, but think about what I've done to you. So Elisha returned to his oxen and slaughtered them. He used the wood from the plow to build a fire to roast their flesh. He passed around the meat to the townspeople and they all ate. Then he went with Elijah as his assistant. Cool stuff right here. God wants to speak to us, church, today. Just getting a visual of this event. Let's remember when we read the scriptures in James about Elisha, just a human. Elijah is just human. We're all just people. But in the midst of a normal day, God breaks in. In the midst of the random everyday life job that you got to do, God breaks in. And it's crazy how, as I look at this, you know, he's just doing his work and he's probably, I mean, I'm going to. I'm just going to project myself into this for a minute because of when you're doing the monotonous stuff you got to do every day, plowing the field isn't something everybody goes to bed saying, I can't wait for tomorrow. (laughs) (laughs) You know, you have those things you got to look forward to, right? And so he's just focusing on what he's doing and they have that spot on the horizon to make sure that the field is straight and the rows are good and all that stuff. And all of a sudden, in this one moment, everything in his life is about to change And he's clueless about it until there's that moment, that moment, church, for all of you, every one of you online, that moment is right now. (laughs) You may have thought you were just going to church today. (laughs) You might have been like, well, I got to put up with this until I can get to lunch. (laughs) Man, just relax for a second. God is about (laughs) to offer a complete change in your life. Complete. Elijah throws this cloak over Elisha. And in that moment, something definitely clicked inside of Elisha to know something was up, didn't it? Immediately, he ran after him. It was like, dude, it's me. Elijah was well known. Everybody knew him as the prophet that stood up to the king, called fire down from heaven. They knew him. He was a man of God. Yes, he ran off in his flesh, no doubt about that. But church, he was a man of God. Listen, in this moment, Elisha knew God was up to something. He had no clue the fullness of what God was up to. No clue. And we know this because this is what Elijah said to him. 
hey, think about what I've done to you. Don't just like, hey, I'm all in. Let's go do this thing. He's like, you need to think about it. Why? Because he's like, man, I've lived this life. I know what it's all about. And Elijah says to Elisha, yes, do what you got to do. But you need to think about what's about to happen in your life and don't just show up. There's a lot of people showing up at church today. Seriously. A lot of people are showing up to serve in some capacity, and a lot of people are complaining it as they do it. We're not even seeing it as an opportunity for God to do something amazing and transformational in our life and the life of someone we love in this moment that God himself just breaks through in the ordinary. God does all kinds of stuff in the ordinary. And he does it with ordinary people. That's who God is and that's what he does. And so church, would you please right now say, God, I'm willing. Don't just show up. Obviously, Elisha was just a farmer. He was a man of God, but he was a farmer. And I don't mean that in a disrespect to any farmers. I don't, when I say just a farmer, I'm saying he wasn't being trained to be a priest. He wasn't trained to be a prophet. He was a farmer. It didn't matter. Do you understand? God's not limited by who we are or what we've done or what's happened in our life before. God is a God of the now and the future. He is not crippled by all that we think we are, all that we think we know. The only thing thing that we think we can do, God's like, I can do anything. He wants to do something amazing in your life, not just keep you as you are. And so as I look at this thing, I'm like, man, God, you are so amazing. See, Elisha, again, the farmer, is, you know, looking at his life experience And it's like, you know, if he filled out a resume, I know how to plant. I know the season to harvest. I know how to run a team of oxen. I know how to do all this stuff in farming, but we need a prophet. (laughs) Nobody would have called him for an interview. (laughs) True, right? I mean, nobody would have. But God looking down says, hey, Elijah, go to the farmer, Elisha. He's the man. I love it. God is so cool, isn't he? So here's Elisha in the midst of a normal day. All of a sudden, he knows his life is about to change completely. He knows it. And he runs over to Elijah and he's like, I need to go say goodbye to my parents because I'm out. I'm done with this. All right, so it took him from that moment there when he's like, I got to go say goodbye. And he's like, whoa, 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 slow down and think about this. To the fact that however far he ran to run all the way back to those oxen and just kill them. That's how much he thought about it. If God's in it, I'm in it. <laughs> Love that. Isn't that awesome? So Elisha returned to his oxen and slaughtered them took the plow, 
That thing was an expensive thing. You think, well, he could have sold that and maybe got some money to go to profit schoolers. No. <laughs> Broke it up and burned it. No, I mean, he roasted it right there. He's like, I'm done. He torched his old life. Do you follow me, church? Yes, sir. Everything about who he used to be, he annihilated. He annihilated his past life because he knew he had a new life and that God was now directing his life. And he was not that guy any longer. He was a new man and he was going in a new direction and he had a new purpose, a new everything. And he's like, I'm not going back. <laughs> oh my goodness, he left the past behind, didn't he? He's like, I'm done. Hey, whack, whack. No disrespect to those of you that are, you know, not comfortable with that, but it's like, dude, I'm done with this. So this is exactly what God wants us to focus on today. Obviously, God is wanting to help us focus on the fact that we here, those of you online, it's time to leave the past behind and go forward. It's time, church. So let's be clear about this. Whatever God's call is on your life, be it vocational ministry, which means like you work for the church in some capacity like I do as a pastor, or if it's secular vocation ministry, everybody's called to the ministry. There is a call on your life. Everybody needs to embrace that. The church has screwed that up. Look, I want you to know God has a calling on your life. He has a calling. He has placed you in a mission field. The, way, the place you live in, the place you work in, where you go to school, everywhere you go, God has ordained you to be there as the light of the world, as a minister of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Therefore, church, what God is saying to us today is, are you willing to accept the mantle of my call where you are? Yes. Amen. Amen. <laughs> More people are willing the rest of y'all are looking for change, huh? <laughs> All right. <laughs> so, hey, let's, let's be clear. We are called by God. Man, you know, when I started in the ministry many years ago, it's not that long ago, even if I look old. Uh, it's not. Uh, yes, this is what vocational ministry will do to you. Anyway, uh, <laughs> Anyway, I'm just kidding. Uh, <laughs> let's stay up focus here, all right? All right, so in the very beginning when God called me to be a pastor, so I've told you all before, I started preaching two weeks after I was saved. I knew nothing, all right? I didn't. I knew I fell in love with Jesus. I knew he changed my life. I knew that he was doing something in my life, and he opened the door, and I took it. So I literally preached a message two weeks after I gave my life to Christ at a church that let me in the pulpit. It's crazy how God does stuff. And from that day forward, I began to preach the Word of God. And remember, I was an introverted, self-created introvert. But God said, you're doing this. And it was like, I couldn't wait to do it. And at the same time, I was ready to throw up because I had to do it. <laughs> and so God like put a mantle across me and said, here you go. Now, I had zero training, zero schooling. And then God asked me to pastor a church in the same condition. So... This isn't normal. Nope. That's not normal. Okay, just so you know, if you don't know, that's not normal. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
And so when I was like, whoa, I need help. Lord, Lord, you're like, I know you've called me to do this. I know what you've been doing. He'd been speaking into my heart and my life with my wife, and we're doing this stuff. I spoke with a couple pastors in the community where I was, and I was like, look, can you help me? I don't know what I'm doing, and I got to be a pastor. And they're like, well, where'd you go to school? I didn't. And they're like, goodbye. <laughs> when I would go to the pastor's meeting, and the first thing is they ask is, where'd you go to school, and how big's your church? And I'm like, well, I didn't go to school, and maybe there's like 30 people on Sunday morning. And they're like, there's a freak. We're going to kind of probably read about you in the paper or see you on the news. I'm going to leave you alone and walk over here now. For real. It's okay, because I was an outcast growing up, so God had already prepared me by using what had happened in my past to create a future for me that was way better. So God was like, you don't need that affirmation. Yeah, you don't need that affirmation. I've given it to you. And so, I mean, literally, in my time alone with God, he gave that to me, and he did it through the Apostle Paul, where he said when God called him, he didn't confer with the apostles. He didn't go to Jerusalem and say, hey, uh, God's calling me. He was like, I was called by God. And so on the bottom of my letters, I used to write that, called by God, Dave Dahlberg. I owned it. No, I, I, and I mean, I mean that respectfully, because it was a reminder to me of who I am in Christ and what God had done as he laid the mantle over my shoulder. It didn't matter if anyone else saw it, acknowledged it, recognized it, or did anything about it, or even just avoided me. I don't care. God was like, you're doing this, so we do it for God. Okay, now, as we move forward in that then, and we're looking at what's happening, one day someone said, you know, well, that's a pretty arrogant statement you're making called by God. Like, well, it's not meant arrogantly. It's just meant that I am. Okay, so I changed it. I did. It's okay. I know who I am, and I was completely solid in that relationship with him where I'm like, whatever, people think whatever they think. I know there's people that think I'm a great pastor and people that think I suck. I know that. I've been at this long enough to know. There's people in this very city that will tell everybody, don't go to that church. And there's other people who will be like, you've got to go to that church. People are crazy. <laughs> that was a good time to applaud, so you can just get rid of that last statement where I said... People are crazy. We can't let them dictate to us who we are and what we do. We have one that gives us the authority to do what God has called us to do, and that's God himself. We don't have to think about it. We don't have to like follow this process of this is who I am, so I got to go through these hoops. And yes, I've jumped through hoops. Don't worry. I have as a pastor, but it's not going to make me who God called me to be. Amen. Only God can do that. So, we're going to leave the past behind. No more living in it. No more returning to it. Nor am I I going to allow it to be who I am. And nor am I going to allow others to identify me as that. Because that is not who I am. From the day Elisha was called, he slaughtered the oxen, burned up the plow, and said, that is no longer part of my life. I am now a prophet of God. Now look at, nothing had changed. You understand that? There was nothing that had really changed. 
He was standing in his own field. The dirt that he had been plowing. The same space. But God was up to something. It didn't erase his past. It didn't remove all the knowledge of being a farmer that he had. As a matter of fact, I am sure that God used that knowledge as he went forward. But what it did in that moment was it simply changed who he was and what he would do the rest of his life. The Apostle Paul reminds us, church, this famous scripture verse in, found in Philippians chapter 3. I don't mean to say that I've already achieved these things or that I've already reached perfection, but I press on to possess that perfection for which Christ Jesus first possessed me. No, dear brothers and sisters, I've not achieved it. But I focus on one thing, forgetting the past and looking forward to what lies ahead, I press on to reach the end of the race and receive the heavenly prize for which God, through Christ Jesus, is calling us. So church, look, he's like, man, that's like, that's not me anymore. He didn't like completely, literally forget where he was. We know that. The Apostle Paul references things from his past but he does it to glorify God for where he is today and what God has planned for his future. Amen. He does not live in it. He does not own it. He does not let it identify himself. What he does is says, that is what God can do because here I am and that's where I'm going. So there's nothing we can do to change the things that happened back there. The only thing that we can do back there is ask forgiveness or forgive people. It can't be changed. Right. I mean, you know this. The history of our life is unchangeable. So what are we going to do? We need to put our stake in the ground. And we need to slaughter the oxen and the plow. And we need to say, hey, no longer will I ever be identified as that. I will no longer go back there. I will not live there. I am going forward from this day forward. And I am going to be known as a man, or if you are a female, a woman of God. And I am going to go forward in that truth because it's God's truth and that is truth. I don't care what people think or say. They're going to do it. Church People are already identifying you and giving you labels, right? Everybody here is labeled. You know that, right? Okay. Here's what Jesus said. Jesus said, anyone who puts a hand to the plow and then looks back is not fit for the kingdom of God. That's a pretty powerful statement he's making right here. He's like, are you in or not? Are you going forward or not? Are you moving that way? We have to stop returning to our old ways. Church, if we are called by God, and we are, to be a new person, and that happens through our relationship with God through Jesus Christ, then we've got to stop going back to the old ways. We've got to stop revisiting the fields. This is why Elijah killed those oxen. Elisha, sorry. <laughs> he could have went back and bought some more. I'm sure it was a family farm. Look, man, the fact of the matter is, when he realized what God wanted to do, he ended that option. Yep. 
He was done with that. And from that day forward, he was going to be moving forward. Early in our marriage, Kim and I, we were young in our faith and our walk with God. And yes, I was preaching God's word. God was moving in our lives. As I've told you before, she was raised by a claimed atheist father, never allowed to go to church. She was full of questions about God and church. And God used her to lead me back to him because I had already like told him no way and hit the road, you know. But God used her in my life. And as we gave our lives to Christ, we got married. It was her senior year of high school, if you don't know. Uh, she was 18 years old, and she was the one that, after we'd been dating, going to church with me and wanting to be there and know about God, that God used to call me to himself. And together, we gave our lives to Christ. One year later, we were married, and she was 19, and I was 20 years old. We began this journey together as I was preaching, working a secular job, and serving with her the church. Now, this young lady was... Um, I, I would well, just say it like, like it is, like ignorant of God's stories, of the history of the Bible, of everything that was about the Christian life. She knew nothing. And as I look back on that and I see that I had all this knowledge, being sarcastic in some ways, I was raised in the church. I knew the stories. I knew what was expected. I knew what God did. I knew all these things. And as I sat there with this woman that God brought into my life and we talked about this walk with God, we came to a conclusion one day that as we watched each other in our walk, that it would be like this. I would be really on fire for God and she would kind of be back here drifting. And then she would start growing and I would start getting cool. And we had this yo-yo relationship with God where one of us would be really hot for God and one of us would be kind of like... Yeah, that's good. Yep, we're going to do this. And it kept going. So one day, we sat down at the kitchen table, and we came together and said, we need to be committed and all in on this thing. It's time that we just make an agreement that it's no more of this. We're all in. And in that moment, our lives completely changed. Now, it wasn't that God showed up with fire in the, in the kitchen, not at all. He didn't. Church, what happened was we made this agreement that we were going to have no more part of what had been happening in our life, where we were at in our life, but we were committed to whatever God had for our life going forward. Shortly thereafter is when God asked me to pastor the church. My life was never the same. My wife and I have been all in on this thing, and I'm not saying we haven't had bumpy roads. I'm not saying that. Don't misunderstand me. Not, not at all. But once you say yes and you're all in and you, won't, you just close the door, it's a brand new horizon. It's amazing. I want you to know that some of you that are listening to this message today, you know this is true of your own life, even in your own life. You have a yo-yo relationship with God. Following one day, plowing the next. It's time to put it to death. Kill it. End it. Be done with it. Today. God is throwing his mantle by the Holy Spirit's power across every individual that can hear my voice right now. He is. 
And he's like, are you ready to put that to death? Are you ready to move forward with me? I want to read you some verses in Genesis. Yeah, do it up. That's what it's all about. God was going to rain fire down from heaven on Sodom and Gomorrah because of its perversion and corruption. Church, no matter what's happening in our culture today, I want you to know God is not tolerant of perversion and corruption. You're not. He's already shown himself to do that. Judgment Day is coming for the United States of America unless we repent and turn from the wickedness that we are engaging in and continuing to steamroll life into. God will not tolerate that. Ladies and gentlemen, we only have to look at the Word of God, but I don't want us to get distracted from what he's saying to us today, so hear this. The messengers come from God, angels from God, until Lot, Abraham's nephew, like you need to get out of this city, you need to take your family, God's judgment is falling. So we're going to read this in Genesis 19. Listen, so Lot rushed out to tell his daughter's fiancés, quick, Get out of the city. The Lord is about to destroy it. But the young men thought he was only joking. And at dawn the next morning, the angels became insistent. If you know the story, they stayed the night in the house. Hurry, they said to Lot. Take your wife and your two daughters who are here. Get out right now, or you will be swept away in the destruction of this city. When Lot still hesitated, the angels seized his hand. And the hands of his wife and two daughters and rushed them to safety outside the city for the Lord was merciful. When they were safely out of the city, one of the angels ordered, run for your lives and don't look back or stop anywhere in the valley. Escape to the mountains or you'll be swept away. We're going to jump down to verse 23 now. Lot reached the village just as the sun was rising over the horizon. Then the Lord rained down fire and burning sulfur from the sky on Sodom and Gomorrah. He utterly destroyed them along with the other cities and villages of the plain, wiping out all the people and every bit of vegetation. But Lot's wife looked back as she was following behind him, and she turned into a pillar of salt. Okay, so this was... God's warning, don't look back. Do not look back. She was looking back to what was, what had been part of her life. If you know anything about that whole area right there, besides the perversion, they also had, you know, a good life. It was a great area. Everything that was in that valley was lush. It was good. The people were perverted and corrupt. God said, don't look back. And she did. Church, I just, I read this verse to you today as God is speaking into our hearts and he's saying, look, I'm really serious about not going back. I'm really serious about not returning. I'm really serious about going forward. We have to surrender Trust and obey him going forward, even if we don't know the fullness of what that means. (laughs) It doesn't matter. He does. Leave the past behind. Let God deal with it. You move forward into the new. 
You know this verse in 2 Corinthians, right? We all know this verse. This means that anyone who belongs to Christ has become a new person. The old life is gone. A new life has begun. All right, we know that. We say that. We quote that. We hear it. But are we? Church, are we? Are we literally a new person in Christ? Have we left that stuff behind? I want to read something to you. You got like a couple of these verses. You're like, well, where are we going with this? Like, stay with me. Listen to what God has to say to us. We're, we're jumping into, back into the Exodus account. God's talking through Moses and he's talking through Abraham, telling the people like, I'm going to get you out of here. Listen to this right here. While the Israelites were still in the land of Egypt, the Lord gave the following instructions to Moses and Aaron. From now on, this month will be the first month of the year for you. Now, I'm saying that because, church, I love this. Do you see how unbound God is with anything? It wasn't January 1. It wasn't. But God said, guess what? There's going to be a new day, and it starts today. And this is now 1, 1, 1. You ready? Right? It's a new day. I love that. I mean, God is a God of new beginnings. God is a God of creation, new life, new days. He is not bound by time. He's not bound by calendars. He's not bound by people. He's not bound by our ignorance or intelligence. He is God and he wants to do something amazing in our lives. And he's like, look, the past is the past. Will you? Church, the question is, will you leave it behind and step into the new? Are you ready to move into this and leave that behind you? It is up to you. God's calling. God's word affirms this. Church, God's word affirms that he is a God of the new, a God of new life, a God of new creation, a God of new opportunities. Therefore, we are here at this moment of truth where the mantle has fallen. God is calling. The altar is open. And if you're at home, just do it there. Don't wait. I cannot tell you how many times that I told the Lord I would get to him later. No. Now is the time. Today's the day God is calling for us to step in. Are you ready? Come on forward if you're ready. Stand up here if you need to, church. Hear the call of God. It is he who is calling us to step into the new today. It's all him. Yes, God. Done with that. We're no longer owned by that. That's not our identity. It's all you. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. (laughs) I'm so glad I don't have to be owned by that, Lord. No longer identified by people. Doesn't matter. (laughs) We live for an audience of one God. Thank you, Jesus. You're amazing, God. Thank you. Thank you. You need to let go of it. Let go of it. Just 
It's not a word game or anything. Just saying this to you right now as we talk to him about this. Oftentimes people come to God and ask him to take this from me. God, take this, take this. And, and God's never going to just take something from you. He's going to receive it from you when you give it. Okay? He's never going to force you into anything. He's inviting you into something. And the invitation is for you to give to him your past and receive from him your future. Big difference. So let it go. Give it to him today. Give whatever that is. That that used to identify you, that that you were holding on to, all of those things, give it to him right now and receive from him the new. (laughs) Thank you, Jesus. Do your work, God. Only you, Holy Spirit. Only you. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Jesus. Good thing about God is we don't have to beg him to take us. I don't have to beg him to do anything. We just give it to him. And he's like, I'll take that. I want to do this. The whole reason that he came, the whole reason for this season, he came to do this very thing for us. (laughs) That's what it's all about. Thank you, Lord. (laughs) Thank you, Lord. Thank you. Just want to say thanks, God. We thank you. We praise you, Lord, for all that you do. Go with us now as we leave. Let's just step into the new and allow you to lead as only you can in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Yeah, God bless you, church. Have an amazing day with him. He loves you. He's awesome.